Blog Talk Radio. Oh my, I've forgotten how much I hate space travel. It's time for Cinema Savant. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Your weekly source for movie news. What are your superpowers again? I'm rich. Movie reviews. You gave me the only parachute without hesitation. I thought you were someone. And the occasional Hollywood rumor. Dad, Tom Cruise won't come out of the closet. Hosted by Todd Vandenberg. You suck his finger in the end of your what? And Rob Steele. We know each other. He's a friend from work. Don't do anything stupid, all right? Welcome to another episode of Cinema Savants, your home for movie news and reviews and all that good stuff. And we have breaking news this morning that I'll get to in just a minute. First, a bit of introductions. He is Red Rice Cakes, and I am finally happy that Wimbledon is over. <laughs> I, it's, okay. It, it was really interesting to me because I was just going to spring that on him, but he mentioned the whole Facebook thing. What's your stripper name? Oh, it's the color of your underwear and whatever you're eating. And that is what he put on there, like, what, an hour ago? No, no, that I was last that night. That was here's last a hot update. No here's, your, here's your breaking news. I am now China Red Chili. Ah, uh, well, <clears throat> anyway, that uh, – he mentioned that just before – I mean, three seconds before we go on the air, and I said that's what I'm introducing him with anyway – was very weird, but the reason I was interested in Wimbledon, because um, I'm normally not, I, I stopped caring about Wimbledon when McEnroe and Borg retired, which was, what, seven or 8,000 years ago. Um, it's, it's a good marketing thing. It's how to get geeks and nerds and sci-fi fans to watch Wimbledon. <laughs> and the way to do that is to announce who's playing the next Doctor Who as soon as the men's final is over. So, millions of us geeks and nerds are hanging on the edge of our seats, not giving a rat's ass who actually wins the match. We just want it to be over so we can make the announcement of who's playing the next Doctor Who. Because that it's big news. And it's, it's such a highly such a highly kept secret that when they filmed the Christmas special where, you know, they usually have the next doctor show up in the last 30 seconds and you go, that's the new doctor. Rachel Talley, who directed the Christmas episode, when they finished filming it about a month ago, she still didn't know and was complaining about it this week as well. She should, because she's directing a scene with an actress that, uh oh, did I let something slip? That she doesn't even know who it is. And it was announced about half an hour ago the 13th Doctor is Jodie Whittaker, which uh-huh. very few people were expecting. Jodie Whittaker of uh, Broadchurch fame. Oh, I thought you meant from uh, a, a family other- affair with Brian Keith. No, no. Although, well, good. maybe it is. I don't know. I doubt that. Good though. thing. I doubt that because <clears throat> he died a long time ago. Anyway, that would be clever. Maybe he regenerated and came back as. Anyway, <laughs> that's an awful thing to say, and I, but I, yet and yet I laugh. It, it, it was. Um, I tease. It's my job. Yes, uh, Jody Whitaker. Uh, frankly, I 
caught like two episodes of Broadchurch, and that is where I know her from, and that is it. But she is the going to be the 13th Doctor. She's uh, first female Doctor we've had. So, you know, big mm-hmm. news, breaking news on this show of all places. Who knew? Certainly um, not I. And you watch tennis. So... I've been busy this morning. Oh, silly me. And so I'm trying to put my microphone back together, and it didn't work until three minutes before the show. Fun. (laughs) Well, that's perfect timing. Yeah, we don't need any pre-show production. We're we're good with everything on the show, including our big news segment, the good, the bad, and the whatever. Because I had nowhere else to put my camel. Um, <clears throat> good news. And a lot of it comes out, well, actually, a lot of the news this week seems to come out of the D23 convention, which is Mar- or not Marvel itself, but uh, Disney. Disney's big, hey, look what we're doing convention. And there's a lot of movie news that came out of it, including this one, and I like the idea of this. Uh, it's about a sequel that's long overdue, but we're not going to notice it, that it's long overdue, because Incredibles 2 is going to start exactly where the last one left off. So we're going to be able to see the fight between the Incredibles and the Underminer. Which, which is wonderful. I think that's a great idea. And because it's animated and in a frankly nondescript time period you can do that I and, like the idea I mean and literally they pick up exactly where they left off not like exactly you know, which is that's just brilliant and it's and it just still sounds in the parking lot. awesome sounds incredibly yeah. awesome and, and some of the descriptions they've had of Jack Jack <laughs> um, very cool and I like the fact that apparently Elastigirl, even though she's, as Holly Hunter would say, I'm hardly a girl anymore, would uh, the, the fact that it's really going to focus a little more on her than Mr. Incredible is very good. Not that he's not going to be in it, but the focus was more on Mr. Incredible in the first one. So the focus is going to shift a little more to the mom instead of the dad, which is awesome. So cool. Really, really, really looking forward to this because easily one of my favorite movies ever period, not just animated movies, not just Pixar. That's just an awesome flick, and there's no reason to think this one won't be just as good, if not better. I will agree. Uh, other news coming out of Disney. <clears throat> now, we talked about this a little bit last week, the live-action Aladdin movie, and mm-hmm. they were worried that they wouldn't be able to find anybody uh, of uh, with the proper skin tone to play the characters. Well, they announced the cast uh, yesterday with Mina Masood from Jack Ryan playing Aladdin and Naomi Scott from the new Power Rangers movie playing Jasmine. And, well, it looks like they got half of them right. Um, I I, I honestly can't tell if uh, Naomi Scott looks a bit pale to me, but that might just be me. Aladdin, hey, look, he's not a white boy. Yes, good. Well done there. 
So it, it's not a completely whitewashed uh, remake, which I'm considering good news because it shouldn't be. <clears throat> it should just be. Um, I'm kind of curious as how exactly. I mean, did they really think they were going to have like difficulty finding an actor who wasn't China white? And that that was their claim. Who's and claimed? I don't know why. Have they not uh, apparently like, seen the past years? What? Oh, wow. I mean, huh. I mean if you Bollywood actually thought mean? that, yeah, why? <laughs> no kidding. Why would you make a statement like that public? You know, unless you wanted I'm to show sure how out of touch you are with, I don't know, Earth. Holy cow. Um, the main news is good job on the casting. Um, Will yeah. Smith, those are some big shoes to fill, and he knows that um, he's playing the genie. And I mean, that's a, that's a good choice. Uh, he's not going to be the same. I mean, and of course, a lot of it is the writing. And a lot of the genie, of course, was Robin Williams ad living, but. That's that's an excellent choice. I think Will Smith will do, will do a very good job with that. So that's cool. I'm happy they went with Will Smith. I'm happy the casting looks right. So good job on Disney once they finally figured yes. out, oh, there are actors out there who don't look like Scarlett Johansson. <gasps> who knew? <clears throat> yeah. Um, other news that came out of D23, and I I frankly love this, and this could be uh, the quote of the week, I think. Uh, It came from Mark Hamill, because they they talked to him and they said, you know, they're doing a Han Solo prequel movie. Would you like a Luke Skywalker prequel movie? And his response was, he lived on a moisture farm on a desert planet. (laughs) Yawn, <laughs> and uh, he's absolutely correct. They, they're if they do one, they, well, actually, they absolutely should not, under any circumstances, do a a prequel with Luke Skywalker. That's um, just here's the thing: Star Wars, you know the yes. the New Hope episode four. Star Wars is the prequel movie. Hello. Yeah, pretty much. You already you already did it. Did Luke start out as a Jedi? Hardly. No. So I mean, that's the prequel movie, morons. You know, I understand that you want to do make a lot of money, but like Hamill said, it's like, what would be interesting about a prequel movie for Luke Skywalker? Nothing happened, as he said. I. Good God. I. I again. Disney puts out some amazing product, but sometimes you you have to wonder what is going on in the background there. You know, thinking is like, wow, can we get an actor that isn't white? Do they exist? And now they're thinking, oh, you know what would be a fun, awesome story? The story of a of a of a young child growing up. Yeah. Oh my God, it just hurts my head so much. There was an Eddie about how. Farming is so boring that you never get a farming movie because you never saw Bruce Willis in Farm Hard, where someone took over the Nakatomi farm and things went bad from there. Um, the Nakatomi farm. 
Luke Skywalker doesn't need a prequel. No. Luke Skywalker needs a prequel. It just no. No, thank you for playing. Uh, moving on a bit. They announced this week that Daniel Craig has actually signed up for the next Bond movie. Good news. Christopher Nolan is not directing it. Again, I consider somewhat good news. Adele may be coming back for another song. That That's just not necessary. But it started me thinking about uh, like the Bond songs. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking there might really only be one or two that actually fit the movie. Because I'm thinking if you have a theme song to a movie, it needs to fit the theme of the movie. And very few of them do. The only ones I'm thinking might would be like the Living Daylights that AHA did or A View to a Kill from Duran Duran. Because if you look at like, and I've forgotten who sang it, and I apologize to her, uh, Goldfinger. She sang a song called Goldfinger, but it was a a slow, a, a painfully slow song for a movie that's supposed to be an action-packed spy movie. That that was the great Shirley Bassey, by the way. Um, it totally fits. I mean, I understand what you're saying as far as the tempo. I thought you were talking about the lyric. Um, no, no, no. The lyric is the lyrics yeah, are fine. If, if, yeah, if yeah, you know, let's pace. have a car chase scene, and in the car chase scene, you can play the theme to the movie. But you know, Bond is running out of a building. He jumps into his Aston Martin. He puts it in third gear to take off with, and down the road at a hundred gold finger. And that you just kind of go, hang on a minute. This music doesn't fit this scene. No, but they didn't have to play the music during the scene. It's just, it's just for the credits. See, back then, they had enough action. They had enough action. Sean Connery himself just exuded action. They didn't need artificial stimulation through an amped-up theme song, as, as, if, as if the new films don't have plenty of action. Of course they do. I, yeah, I, I get yeah. what you're saying. But yeah, it's true. From Russia with Love, also a very slow – I mean, they had ballads for the James Bond theme songs then. Love. I'm trying to was, sing, and I shouldn't. Which is kind of odd. No, you shouldn't. By the way, farm movies, you're so wrong. There are many farm movies. The River, Country, both came out in 1984. Places in Heart, 19, 1984 was the year for farm movies. Because you had Country, uh, which was a good movie, but not a big hit. The River, a good movie, not a big hit. Places in the Heart, that was a big hit. And big actors in all of them, and... Place in the Heart, the only one that actually did much business, had a lot of success. So, But they weren't big action movies. Basically, you're right, because that's, that's like over 30 years since the farm movie had its heyday. Ooh, there's a pun. Well done. <laughs> Tim, I'm, done. Just, I'm just saying, you know, not a big action. You can have dramas set in a farm. Yeah, but, if, but there's there aren't a, many dramas set in the farm. That's the funny thing. I mean, it's just – actually, it's not a funny thing. It makes perfect sense. But, yeah. Oh, quick. They've signed. We must set up the thrashing machine to go harvest the wheat. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, that doesn't work. Signs. Signs is set at a farm. See, that, that that's more of an alien invasion movie. It could have been anywhere. But, but they had crops. But it was a farm. They had crop circles. They needed to be on the farm. 
even Ooh. even though even though the lead character wasn't a farmer. It was one of the M Night Shaka Khan movies, so it could be anybody. He was a defrocked um, self Yeah, he that was his farm, but whatever. Anyway, yes, back and away from yes. the farm movies. Uh, how about Wonder Woman Two, which has good not a news farm movie. and bad news. Not, not a farm, a farm movie. movie. Yeah, I wouldn't think. Uh, the idea is to have Wonder Woman two take place during the uh, Cold War during the eighties. Okay, fine, I'm with them on that. However, Chris Pine is allegedly coming back, so I'm guessing massive old age makeup being done. No, would kind of have to. No. Or just have him all in flashback scenes. Or you know, you know, it turns out that he wasn't that he didn't die. He's somehow saved. I mean, in he went into the Phantom Zone or some goofy thing. You know, they'll do something like that. I'm sure they do something like that. Because there's no point in having Chris Pine come back unless they're doing extensive flashbacks. They don't want to have him in old age makeup. Unless it's like, oh, it's a one-off. And if they're making a big deal about it, I can kind of see you know him for a scene or two, a flashback. But He's a hallucination it's a comic book like Kevin was in the Batman movie. <laughs> I would, I would prefer since it's a comic book movie. I would prefer they just bring him back. I mean, come on. How often do heroes die in comic book movies, really? Uh, well, know, if it's Dean so. Gray, every five years or so. Yeah, very true. Um, no other other DC news. Um, let's see. Syrian Hines is playing Steppenwolf in the Justice League movie, and he's finished all of his filming, and they finished all the filming for it. But it was interesting that he never actually got to meet any of the actors because he's all CG. Is he playing the entire band or just like the lead singer? He could be both. <laughs> so now, see, that's a problem with the film process. If he, he is he is the lead antagonist, and yet he never met any of the actors that he supposedly is fighting. That's that's a bit weird. Odd. And that's a choice, and it seems like an ill-considered choice by the director. Makes no sense. No. Um, it doesn't, and it goes along with another <clears throat> another bit of DC news. <clears throat> excuse me. Another bit of DC Your news excuse. that came out this week concerning uh, the Black Lightning TV series that's coming. Yes. And it's supposed to be a separate bit a separate universe from the, the the Arrowverse. Why? And I don't know. Uh, but actor Chris Williams, who's playing the lead character of Black Lightning, came out with a quote this week, and I, I'm going to read this quote to you. <clears throat> what makes it different is that we're really a family drama. The origin story aside, they don't have the ties of a family that's keeping them tied to reality. Our show is just really dealing with a grassroots superhero who is not trying to save the world. He's trying to save his community. The fact that he just has the real world ties makes it different. Well, somebody wasn't really paying a whole lot of attention. Um, I'm sorry, old lady, what was it that you said earlier? That's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. See, I'm thinking... Somebody didn't watch the first season of Arrow 
because what you just described yeah. was the first thing of Arrow. Arrow was a family drama with you know Ollie coming back from the island. Oh, no, dad killed himself at some point, and how am I going to deal with my sister and my best friend and my mom? Family. Grassroots superhero, not trying to save the world, just trying to save his community. Have you disappointed your city? You know, you failed your community, apparently, and that's what Ollie was doing in the first season of Arrow. So the fact that he has real-world ties just makes it almost exactly the same as the first season of Arrow. And Flash. Thanks for playing. Which is also part of the Arrow. Um, I... I can see this, the, the separation of their universes for like the first season if they're going that way. And then they'll tie in in the second season. But I really yeah. hope this isn't some kind of thing of why would you not want that synergy of tying in the big universe? That makes zero sense. So hopefully down the road, they will tie all these in. I mean, they said the same thing with Supergirl. And <clears throat> at the end of that first season, all right. Uh, crossover with right. Flash. And I can see, so, I can, like I said, I can see the crossover down the road, but it makes absolutely no sense to have an entirely separate universe. I mean, because that no. smacks of... Uh, yeah. Something it wrong with the work. color of the characters, maybe? If they don't like it? Or more likely just plain stupidity. I'm going to so, go yeah, with the I'm, second I'm, one. Yeah, I think so, too. I would imagine that there would be a crossover tie-in by starting, kicking off the second season or a big reveal at the end, like they did with Supergirl. So, because, frankly, it would be moronic not to tie it all in. Why why tie it in with your big moneymaker? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Speaking of, speaking of shows that are not tied in, and this one needs to be tied down and beaten with a stick, Gotham <laughs> has announced that uh, Scarecrow is going to be a bigger part of season four. Uh, and the re- the picture they released is actually kind of creepy looking. It shows a very young Bruce Wayne with a kind of a scarecrow in the background. But there's talk that they're going to be making Batman himself appear in this series. The problem is Bruce Wayne is 16 years old. Do we really want a 16-year-old Batman? And the answer is, no, we don't. That's a stupid idea. Well, the whole series, the whole concept is a stupid idea, I think. And I know I know well, it's very popular. I know no people like it. Idea. <laughs> you know, I get the fact of, okay, let's do a show based in Gotham, but all the villains just happen to all be at the same time. It's like, come on. That's not how life works. I mean, oh, Jesus. That's yeah, not and, how it and works. let's. That's not how yeah. any of this works. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you, old lady. I just. <laughs> yeah, and a 16 year old Batman? No thanks. No thank no. you whatsoever. And I, like I said, I know it's popular. Uh, I've seen about 15 minutes of it, and I if I live to be a thousand somehow, if I keep on regenerating, hopefully those will be the only 15 minutes I will ever see of it. So, just the, the concept is absolutely dumb. 
it's a bit flawed. Kind of like, kind of like uh, the new visor that Cyclops is wearing in the new X-Men movies. Um, they released a picture of this this week, and uh, the poor twit looks like he's wearing it upside down. Um, but he's not. But he is at the same time. It's, it's one of those things. Uh, when Chris Claremont was in charge of the X-Men back in the 80s and 90s, he did have the little under eye thing going that this mask does, and that's fine. The difference is it was yellow, and it kind of made sense. The way they built this, it just looks like it's on upside down. It does. It, you know, it, it's not glasses either. It's these things that hook to his ears in a different way than glasses do. It's go find a comic book. It'll make sense. Um, no, I saw this and went, oh, should not have done that. It, it just it just doesn't work. Um, although something well, else that doesn't work it fits their series. I, 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 They've done a lot of things upside down. Most of it. Writing while being suspended from the ceiling. Mm-hmm. Letting all the blood rush to their head and come out their ears, and that's what they use as ink. No, not a good idea. But hanging upside down from, like, bats. And I should have tied this together with the other story. I got them out of order. My bad. Shame um, on you. Christopher Nolan announced that they're doing a 4K conversion of the Dark Knight trilogy. So it's going to be absolutely crystal, crystal, crystal clear when you watch it on your 4K player, on your 4K TV. But my favorite comment about this was, wow, a 4K version of the Dark Knight. The black of his suit just got a whole lot clearer. (laughs) <laughs> it just it, I'm not sure that it needs to be done 1080p is enough we can't eat as human beings we are incapable of seeing into the 4k range so I mean technologically spectacular do we need it I don't think so financially spectacular oh that's right there's money um, which is, I think, what Marvel's doing with their new show on the Freeform channel, The New Warriors. Now, the, the New Warriors were characters that I only knew about because they're what brought about the uh, the actual Civil War in the comics. Because one right. of them went and blew himself up next to a school bus or something, and and that started the whole Civil War in the comics. Now they're turning it into a TV series, and it's been cast, including a character that, frankly, I don't understand. <laughs> that character, that character is is called Squirrel Girl, which just doesn't flow off the tongue anyway. But she's <clears throat> she's been cast. She's uh, being played by Milana. Oh boy. Veintrub? Is that how you pronounce that? I haven't heard it pronounced. I've only seen it spelled. And if you go, but Rob, we have no idea who that is. Yes, you do. She's the girl from the AT&T commercials. Um, she is Squirrel Girl. So take that for what you whatever it's worth. 
I'll just say that Squirrel Girl is is a, and by the way, it's typically the unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Uh, it's just a hilarious character, and I think that's excellent casting. Um, is it kind of hard to tell if if this young lady can act based on some commercials? Okay, yeah, probably. But I mean, she is incredibly charming, which this character yeah. requires. She has a lot of spunk. And while Lou Grant, it's a well-known fact, Lou Grant did not like spunk. Most people like spunk. So I, I think that's awesome casting. And like you said, you may not know the name, but you know the face. So it's an instantly yeah. recognizable face. I think that's extremely smart of them to do that. Uh, I think it'll be very cool. I think it'll be a lot of fun. I also have a feeling they're probably going to shy away from the whole Civil War thing. I don't think oh. we'll see an opening where the kid blows up a school. Since they've already done the Civil War and they changed it entirely. That's true. And it, I mean, it, just to For clarify, it was accidental. It's not like he went, hey, look, there's a school bus and ran over to blow it up. Right. Right. Um, but I do hope they they incorporate that aspect of it where, I mean, because basically the new warriors are parallel a little bit to Teen Titans when the Teen Titans first came up because they were not quite trusted by the big group. Yeah. And the new warriors are kind of in that same vein where it's like, yeah, I don't really know if you guys are ready for prime time. So it'd be interesting to see if they take that aspect, uh, that approach to it, and hopefully, hopefully they do. So it'll be interesting, and it'll go along with the Titans. Thing is, it's going to go out uh, out about the same time that the Teen Titans series is coming out. So good Which, planning, fellas. Good time to be a geek or nerd. Either way, or person. Let's you, see something else prefer... that came out of the D three convention. A lot uh, of things. A lot of things. Footage of the new Avengers movie. Now, if you look around on, not on YouTube, it's been taken down off YouTube. Daily Motion, though. Someone forgot to look at them. Um, I found the footage. You know what? It, it, it's a lot of clips from shows, from the movies we've already seen, ending with a new logo. And people cheered and were happy about it. And I'm just like, why did you even bother making this? We've seen all these clips before because we watched the movie. And, and uh, yeah, the new logo, we've seen that too. We just haven't seen it turn around like it did. So as far as I'm concerned, lots of eh, whatever. I have a feeling that's a different clip. I mean, I haven't seen what they're describing at D23. But from the description, there is a lot of new footage. And from what they're I saying, tell the new, I couldn't tell it. I've seen like about 50 seconds of it before that was taken off YouTube. And the, and the clip apparently was like five or six minutes. And yeah, like, so like I'm saying, I'm sure that because that clip is out there where they have a lot of footage from the other stuff, but apparently there's a lot of new footage. Uh, the, the highlight being Thanos hurling what appears to be a moon at some heroes. Not with his hand, but with the power of the Infinity, Infinity Gems that he, that he has. Which makes him kind of a bigger big bad, because that hasn't actually happened uh, yeah. yet. So 
I'd like that to. I'd like to see the footage, and I'm sure it's going to leak nicely at some point. Yeah, and Comic Con is coming up, so I'm sure that'll come up pretty quickly. Probably. Um, let's see other news out of that. Uh, Luke Cage season two. The first episode is going to be directed by Lucy Liu. Do you care? Because um, I heard this and I went. That and and they made a big deal out of it, but my point is, I mean that's nice and everything, good for her, but and I'm not <laughs> and it, it it was made out to be, it's the best thing ever, and it, it it's Lucy Lou, which you know, I'm not meaning to knock Lucy Lou. But it's cool. And I, I, I mean, I, yeah, it's, it's not like they're saying, you know, here's this bit. It's Martin Scorsese is doing it. OK. And I, that's not a sexist thing. It's because Scorsese is known as being a director yeah, exactly. of massively impressive right. things. And Lou uh, isn't. Uh, a, a fair comp would be Patty Jenkins is directing the first episode uh, because then you have a female director who is – the hottest director going right now. Um, I, it's cool news, but yeah, it's not exactly earth shaking. It's awesome for Lucy Liu. Uh, it's cool for the series, but yeah, it's not like, Oh my gosh. Like you said, because the reaction deservedly. So would be a little bigger if Martin, Martin Scorsese decided, Oh, I think I'll direct a Marvel Netflix series. So um, we, we had a guest in studio. Who we do. Yes, we do. Who who wishes to speak about a film he saw <clears throat> this weekend, which we haven't gotten to yet? Uh, well, that was a good War time. for the Planet of the Apes opened this weekend. It's gotten excellent reviews, and an, I, I have a feeling it might be about to get another excellent review. <laughs> Ted, it has surpassed uh, Homecoming. Is this the number is this one? Our, <laughs> is this our only fan, Ted? Not just your only fan, your su- your only super fan. Oh, <laughs> our our only super fan, our only fan, our only super fan, and our part time contributor Ted. How are you, sir? Hey, how you guys doing? All right, what's the deal? I'm I'm here. I am doing a show. Beyond that, it's your, oh. it's your world, Doctor. We're just living in it. So I understand that you saw. The Planet of the Apes film. I did see the Planet of the Apes film, but I want to let you know the original Uh-oh. Doctor, the original Doctor, was not chosen as Doctor Thirteen. <laughs> I just want to let you guys know that. That's All a right. shame because you could use the paycheck. Oh yeah, I could. I mean, it would have been great. But would have been hey, awesome. I saw- I saw the end of the so I saw the entire trilogy of the Planet of the Apes and it was awesome, totally awesome. Um, totally closed the gap. And what's the guy's name from White Man Can't Jump? Uh, he was incredible. Wesley Snipes. No, that's wrong. <laughs> that's like Wesley Wesley Snipes makes a guest appearance. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. 
still can't jump Wilson. either. Okay. And Woody, no, let me tell you something. You, you thought Woody IRS. was good in, in True, True, True Detective? He was great in Planet of the Apes as the Colonel. I've heard that. Did, and, uh, did, did anybody see this coming back when he was on Cheers? Not at I all. Sure. Wait, guys, uh, hang on one second. I, I'm about to put it in the order. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> hey, can I have a 10 minute live through and calling into a show? That's, uh... Yes. I'm, I'm meeting Ted as he orders his right, lunch, again. breakfast, brunch. We'll, Jay, we'll, we'll come back to you. We'll, we'll have to, come, Get we'll have to ask Ted what here. his underwear color is. I'm not even. This has turned out to be such a weird show. Really? If you're tuning in for the first time, normally we're slightly more. Uh, <clears throat> oh, don't even, don't even make those kind of statements. This is this is a very typical show. Oh, okay. Off the rails. Typical us. Yay. Um, you know, the only other thing I had in our directly in our news segment. Was that they're making a Toy Story four? They're making a Toy Story four. No, that's quite all right. (laughs) We're talking about Toy Story four. I just try to bring something new every 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 time I join Cinema Savant. This time it's food. The real question, Ted, is: You have to give us your stripper name, so we need the color of your underwear and what you're eating. Depends on the color of the underwear changes after I finish eating some fried food. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, Rob, you're right. This show is this show demands up an apology. Um, no, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Partly, sorry. Are, are less than our partly spectacular normal selves. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're not I'm so sorry. sorry. I, 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 I am. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, guys. Uh, you talk about Toy Story Four? Yes. Yeah. Apparently, uh, being run by uh, oh, who is it? Written by Rashida Jones and Will McCormick, and they mentioned a bunch of other names that, frankly, I can't bring myself to care about. Oh my god! I, I thought Toy, Toy Story One was a good movie. Two, not as much. Three, no thanks. Four, why? Oh, I like I'm, three. I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty much in the why. why. Why bother continuing to make these? Rob, hey, uh, hey, other, other than the money. Other the than money. The money. It's a money. The root of all evil, Rob. I know. I'm trying to be higher than that. The love of money and Disney is the root of all evil. Have you guys seen any of Auntie Tribeca on, I think, TBS? With Rashida Jones, I've not caught any of Angie Turner. But Rashida Jones is a crazy funny. She is really, yes. really funny though. Yes, uh, I, I, we. I mean, not sure how this one is going to play out, but I, you know, hey, I'll roll with it. I mean, I think my ten-year-old is a little bit too, too, too big to see Toy Story, but I think I'm getting to go see it. <laughs> but you're not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know the feeling though. <laughs> Daddy, like, come on. He's like, they're like, no, I don't want to go see that anymore, Dad. And you're like, come on. You've still got the wallpaper. He wants to go see see Deadpool, too, at this point. Oh, yeah, he does. Yep, exactly. 
so, ten-year-olds, man. Hey, are are you guys going down to Comic Con? Yeah, uh, sure. I'd love to. You, you buy my ticket? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was gonna say if you guys are, let me hide in your suitcase. Ah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, if. Maybe Lee can fill in for all of us at work. He's not busy working his 12-hour shifts with no days off. That would be nice. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So I, I missed the early part of the show, and I'm sorry. Nothing happened. Did, you guys, did you guys talk about D23? We brought up a lot of stuff that happened to D23 from uh, uh, the Aladdin casting and the Incredibles and a bit of Star Wars stuff. Oh, okay. I, one of the big things from Star Wars this week, they had um, here's footage of behind the scenes stuff. Right. I haven't seen the in front of the scenes stuff yet. Don't show me the behind the scenes stuff. I know. I don't care yet. I don't like this. I, I might like care this. later. The one thing that's interesting to me about this behind the scenes stuff is they're certainly pushing the the dark themes that are coming up in this. I mean, there's every indication, like they're hitting you overhead with a hammer with it, that this is going to be, this is going to parallel The Empire Strikes Back, like, hardcore. Yes. Well, duh. Which I like. It's the second movie in a trilogy. Star yeah. Wars stuff. So, ho- hopefully That's they will the- do that. So That'll be exciting. Is, is there any reason for the, the, the good folks at Disney not releasing any footage for the regular folks or this is like the D23 stuff is just for like investors? Like what, what's, what's the business reason behind it? I think just build excitement for comic con when, when they release that footage, just get some buzz going. Cause 'cause that's this week. And then, you know, Friday it'll come out. I hope, you know, I mean, there'll probably be some footage they won't release, but yeah, it makes zero business sense again, since we're talking about money. For them not to release this footage like right after right. Comic Con. Not that anyone is going to, oh, I saw the footage. I don't have to go to Comic Con. That's not what they're worried about. But I think it's just a matter of building the buzz. So, I don't want to Oh, okay. There's going to be a lot of angry people if they don't do that. So, and that's one thing. Uh, the industry complains about piracy, and the solution is very simple. Release it. Release it. Everybody. Yeah. So, release it. Just release yeah. it already. Come on. And, and, and again, we're talking about cl- releasing clips. We're not talking about, oh, as soon as the film's in the tank, go ahead and release it because you send out private screeners to the Academy. No, I'm not talking about that. But as far as screener footage, yeah. They, right. So hopefully that'll come out. But yeah, from Watch all that. the people who saw it, apparently it's just amazing, wonderful stuff. So much. I want to see them release everything globally at the same time. I think that would also help. Because you have uh, the last place, the last country to get Captain America shown in a theater was the United States. The United States of America. That was a little odd. That was a little odd. And and, – I just want to jump in here and say you want and you wonder why there's screeners that exactly. are available on the web before the movie even comes out. And you're like, come on, release exactly. it everywhere. 
Right. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's like you can't really complain. Well, you can't complain because people should be better than that. But when other people have seen the movie a month before you have, uh, yeah, yes. that, that does and, not make and, a lot of sense. That, so global and, and really, you know, people, you know, I, I, I don't know how you guys deal with, like, like last year, I mean, two years ago, when I found out Han Solo died, but the, the, the morning that I was going to go see The Force yeah. Awakens, and I was just like, oh, my God. Yeah. Well, I deal with it this way. I don't go on the Internet for, uh, like, a couple days before, before something happens. I, I, it, I have serious withdrawals, definitely. But, uh, yeah. No, it's, seriously, it's not easy. It is not easy to stay off the Internet for a couple of days like that. But, you know, I mean, I check email and stuff, but that's because, luckily, I don't have anyone who sends me spoilers in the – that would be – oh, we should totally do that. Cinema Savants, we're going to send out spoilers in the subject line to ruin everyone's Dear life. Here's what happens in that movie you're going to go see this weekend. Right. <laughs> it's going to be a, one, be a wonderful service. Um, <laughs> one thing, Ted, the mm-hmm. box office for War for the Planet of the Apes isn't really great, which is shocking. No. Like you said, it beats Spider-Man Homecoming, but this is the second week for Spider-Man Homecoming. Now, $56 million for an yes. opening weekend. That's kind of – kind of, Kind of long, yeah. Is is amazing because again, it's got great reviews. But fifty six million is that worldwide or is that just U.S.? That's U.S. That's U.S. Oh, okay, okay. Well, you you know we're we're a late to the party on a lot of things. No, it's so, only added forty six overseas. So. Oh, okay. In in this case, it probably did come out not simultaneously everywhere. So, again, that's not exactly bad, but compared to Spider-Man, I am I'm really kind of shocked. Oh, totally. But, well, nah, but again, I, this, this goes with sequelitis. People are just kind of yes. Not so not so hyped on the sequels. How do you do it Which, again? Hey, I, I I do have one confession to make. Uh oh. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, I don't have my hands on anything, on, on a body part or anything like that, while I'm listening <laughs> to the show. But listen. I, I don't want to listen anymore. <laughs> I, I want to go away. This. Todd, Rob, Rob, mm-hmm. Todd, I have not viewed one episode of Game of Thrones. That's what I haven't either. Oh. I was about to say, am I in the minority? Not on this show. Okay, I've great. seen the first. I've seen the first season, but don't have HBO, so that kind of cuts that out. Um, See, my thing was, I tried reading the books, and I kept falling asleep. So <laughs> I have. I really did. I tried. I really before anyone writes in to complain. How can you not like those? Because I, I tried to read the book, and oh my god, it's 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 slow. Oh, okay. And I couldn't bring myself to care about anybody because I started to care about this one guy. Then he climbed the side of a building and fell off and broke everything. Uh, He's, why should I care? You know, he was the only likable character, and you killed him. Oh, so okay. I'm not going to care about anybody else in the movie. So there. Yeah. They like to kill people. 
I, I believe there's a supercut of the 192 deaths of on Game of Thrones so far. So yeah, they like and killing people. Like <laughs> but that's, I, that's I, an, I just I just haven't gotten into it. I'm sorry. I, I guess I'll wait till it ends. This is the one show that it. you don't have to apologize for not watching Game of Thrones. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I do like the segue, Rob, for the book to show, book to screen comment, because I've been watching The Mist on Spike TV. Which uh, Miz? Based the Miz? Based. The wrestler? <laughs> the Miz. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've not been watching The Miz on, on Spike TV. Although, The Miz There's might so be... Well, I'm not going to say I'm not going to say he'd be as entertaining because I I do like the show, but when they say it's based on Stephen King's The Mist, um Oh, The Mist. Okay. Boy, it is very loosely based on The Mist. Because and that's not a bad thing, but this is very different from from the novella, very different from the movie. Uh there's a mist and people are trapped. That's about the extent of <laughs> what's common here. And like I said, it's interesting. Based on the premise of the book. Yeah, which is, like I said, it's, there's not a whole lot of point in just redoing the movie. And I get that as a long-form show. But the movie, so far, the movie is much, much better. Um, there are a lot of conflicts, but they're all more minor. And there's a lot of character development, but frankly, I don't care about a lot of these characters. Uh, it's it's okay. It's worth watching, and I'll watch it till the end to see if it gets better. Like I said, it's not that it's bad, but we're four episodes in. And so far, I mean, I'll compare it to something that's in a similar vein, of course, The Walking Dead. You're hooked if you like that kind of thing. You are hooked almost immediately in The Walking Dead, like minutes into the first episode. I'm still waiting to get hooked, and this is four episodes in. And like I said, it's not that it's bad, but there's nothing compelling about it. Uh, There are monsters in it, and the monsters are well done, and there are some pretty graphic scenes. So, you know, there are plenty of scares, and it's not just jump scares. It's not fun poorly like that. But... It's worth a watch. Watch the first episode. But I'll tell you, if you don't like the first episode, you're done. Because it's not going to change in episode two or three or four. And the one big thing that they're missing that was in the novella and in the movie, it's this microcosm of society. And it's about how people react under stress. It's not about the monsters. It's about how people react under stress, which same thing as Walking Dead, really. And they're missing that because they've got these people split up into different groups. And it's just not working. It's not – it isn't claustrophobic enough. And that's what made the mist so scary because they were all stuck in this little grocery store. And there was no escaping what was happening in the grocery store because if you're outside, you're dead. They're in a mall. That's one group is in a mall. There's another group that's roaming around trying to get to the mall. And there's a third group in a church, and it's just – it's so diluted. And I think that's the problem with it. And it would have worked if they had just, like, 
gotten rolling. I mean, by the second episode, there should be major, major serious conflicts, and they haven't really happened yet. They haven't really had hit that theme, and they're they're well into it. So for me, like I said, it's entertaining, but really has so little to do with Stephen King's version. Uh, I just hope he got a nice paycheck because I can't imagine he thinks much of this. Maybe he does, but like I said, it's nothing to do basically with with what he originally did. So kind of kind of iffy there on that. And, and again, if you've not seen The Mist, Frank Darabont's version, awesome, amazing, super underrated film, terrific. Thomas Jane is awesome in it. So definitely watch that like four times instead of well, okay. Time-wise, watch it two times instead of Spike TV's The Mist. You'll be much happier. The Mist, based on a story of uh, we heard from a guy who got the premise from a third party about a book that Stephen King might have written at one point. Pretty close. Got it. Pretty close. <laughs> okay. I, I'd give it a spin. Yeah, it's worth – again, it's worth watching – and obviously, everyone's violence may vary. Like the Planet of the Apes movies, I saw the first one, and I'm not talking about the CC version. I mean this. And I just can't watch them because, to me, the special effects just aren't quite there. And Rob and I talked about this last week. When I watch any footage from the Apes movies, I'm seeing, wow, that's a really good CGI performance instead yes. of, wow, yes. look at that ape. And that, that pulls me out of it too much, and it's just and, – and Circus is – awesome and there have been some clips of him online there's an awesome clip of him giving a big speech and you can see it's circus and gradually they they change over into caesar and it's very very cool and and circus is a, is a terrific actor he really is he doesn't get enough credit but no. they showed that on the colbert show in the same exactly. uh, interview where later he did probably the best thing you're going to see on TV this week, which was reading <laughs> yeah. Donald Trump tweets as Spiegel and Gollum. <laughs> that is amazing. I have not seen that. It is yeah. online everywhere. Go find it because it, it, Matter of fact, it's better than anything else that came out this week. Yeah. It's, it, if you're listening to us live, stop listening to us live and go watch that and then come back. We'll be gone by then, but you can listen to the rest of the show and podcast. That is incredibly <laughs> hilarious and it, it's also nice to know that Gollum's voice had no post-production whatsoever I mean that's crazy it, it, because it, it's all circus oh my god it's just it's just ugh, it's it's creepy <laughs> because the voice is just unbelievably creepy but he totally does like you said he totally does the the, the byplay between Smeagol and Gollum, and oh my god, it's amazing, and it's hilarious the, the tweet they chose. So, as soon as as soon as Colbert said, "Hey, can you read these tweets?" Ask Meagle or Gollum. First thing he does is get in the Gollum position in the chair. <laughs> Crouches in the chair, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's, it is boing. It is, I'm back in position. It, it is it is amazing. So Andy Circus definitely does not get enough credit, but I really wish they just stuck a mask on him from the from the '68 version because they still look more uh. like apes. They still look more like apes. We'll get there eventually, but I don't think they're they're quite there yet. But again, Ted loves it, and I love it. I trust. I love. I trust Ted's judgment. Rotten Tomatoes is. I can't remember. I think it's like ninety three or something. I mean, it's off the charts. So also, I want to 
can I can I throw one thing in there? I all no. three movies I saw <laughs> at the matinee. That's the way to go. How much does a matinee cost for you up there in Long Island? Ted? It is like it's like oh, eighty bucks a ticket. Unbelievable, Long Island. If you go to the movie theaters before twelve p.m. Eastern time, it is six dollars. What? That's cheaper than here. I need to make a road $6. trip. dollars. But you will spend, if you want a, a soda and a popcorn, you will spend thirty dollars. Hey, that reminds me. I, I, I do want to give a big, a quick plug to AMC 24 in Vero Beach. If you're on the Treasure Coast, that's where you need to go see your movies because all the time, four dollars and twenty-seven cents. That is your ticket price. All the time. All the time. First run Friday cool. night, four twenty-seven. Nice theaters. I, I have no idea. They must be doing something they shouldn't be doing out of the back because I have no idea. Uh, I know. And and it's funny because we have an AMC chain here in in town where I live, Port St. Lucie, and it's the normal theater price. That's the only one I know of that does that. First one films. Uh, Concessions, yeah, they're expensive. I don't know. That's just the way the taxes work. Well, I mean, that is because it's it's four bucks and then the taxes are a whopping 27 cents. But uh, that makes more sense. Yeah, it's awesome. So I'll take the drive up there because it's about a 40 minute drive and I'll go see two movies when I go because it's two movies that's worth the drive, which is what I did last weekend. It's totally worth it. And again, just very, very nice theater. Plus, they have a lot of smaller art house independent films. And so definitely worth it. So again, AMC 24 in Vero Beach. If you are within driving range, which yeah, for that money, if you live, I don't know, like in Long Island, it's worth the drive. So you should totally, <laughs> you should totally go to AMC 24 in Vero. Great theater. Yeah, seriously, it's very nice theater. Very awesome staff. I mean, it's very strange. I have yet to manage to track down the manager and say, why exactly are you being nice to us? Because this is amazing. Uh, War of the Planet of the Apes by the for the Planet of the Apes. Sorry, a, a mere ninety-five out of a hundred on Rotten Tomatoes. So, uh, Ted Ted is not the only one who likes this movie. Rob and I might yeah. be the only ones who who aren't going to go see it. But well, actually, a lot of people aren't seeing it for some reason. But go see go see Andy Circus because Ted says you got to go see him because he is awesome. Yes. Unless you want to wait for, unless you want to wait to see him in the Black Panther, in exactly. another what, like ten years? <laughs> <laughs> Not that far off. Ted. Yeah, oh, a ton of movies lined up. Which, speaking of that footage, some of the footage that, that was in D twenty three of Infinity War, Captain America shows up. Captain America is wearing a beard and a different costume. Aha! Aha! Which sounds like Captain America is – well, let me rephrase that. Steve Rogers is wearing a beard and a different costume, which, again, he dropped the shield. And, and spoiler alert, if somehow you haven't seen that movie and you're listening to us, I don't know what's wrong with you. So apparently they probably are following the Nomad storyline. I don't know if they're going to call him Nomad, but he sounds like he's not Cap. Uh, Black Widow has blonde hair because she's been on the run. So – some interesting changes going on. Uh, hopefully, as we all said, hopefully that footage will come out online after Comic Con because can't. I mean, 
there's there's so much to pack into this movie. Of course, it's going to be two movies, but it sounds like there's only to manage to do it. Last year, they came out with Justice League footage uh, at at Comic Con, and it was online within like an hour. I suspect this is going to do the same thing because it, yeah. it, ooh, the Avengers is the Marvel equivalent of the Justice League. So yes, go ahead. Right, and it makes zero sense to release this footage to a small group and then not release it to anybody else. I mean, are you want to build? Do you want to build hype for your multi-million-dollar franchise? For ten thousand people, or thirty thousand, however many can be at Comic Con, or for millions. So, at, at some point, they'll release it. And like you said, Rob, hopefully within like the hour, that would be quite fine. Quite fine indeed. You would make. Um, yeah, that's all I got though. I've run out of stuff now. <laughs> I was gonna say when Rob says um, that's the signal that Rob has gone through his material. And which is my Rob signal to say, I have run through my material because I always run through my material at the same time Rob runs through his material. Ted. Yes, sir. You should let, you should let our thousands of listeners know where they can hear your wonderful, wonderful program. It's, it's more like billions. On your show, yes, it is more like no, billions. No, 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 yeah. no, no, no. I'm talking about it on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, Late Night Parents airs on 12.40 a.m., 95.9 FM, WGPB, Sunday nights, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, and we do a pod on Wednesdays, Wednesday-ish, usually around 8, uh, episode is released. But I would like to extend an invitation for your, both of you gentlemen to come on my show next week, if you can. Ooh. And we Ooh. and we could do a recap of the San Diego Comic-Con. version of Comic Con. Sounds like I might have suitcase? plan. Might might have a plan to do something then, as opposed to normally, which is just sitting at home on the couch, going, "Ooh, there's nothing on." Click, click. <laughs> <laughs> Much so and that. so, I would love to get you guys in, and we can talk talk the talk and. That's really it. But, guys, as always, thanks for having me on. Pleasure. Anytime, preferably when we're actually doing the show. Because, you know, if you call <laughs> when we're not doing the show, it's hard to put you on the air. Yeah. Oh, oh, and, 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 and you can pull up, you know, you can, I, you know what, for all those people that say, oh, you can follow me here and this and that and blah, 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 just go to latenightparents.com and you'll find out everything. It's all there. It's your one-stop shop. Ta-da. Thank, Thank you. you, Ted. Have a Thank lovely you. day. Thank you, Rob. All right, kicked him off. Now we can talk bad about Ted. Ted is also <laughs> much fun. Uh, he is. That would be awesome to jump on Ted's show. And again, we should do that. Ted is on the air, and when he says he's on the air, that's like a real radio station where people just walking around, if they have superpowers and they can receive that frequency, they can hear it. So it's not a, just a podcast, and it, it's an, it's an excellent show. Ted, Ted is, a very, is. Has a very cool show, Late Night Parent. And I have nothing. Rob I have nothing, nothing either. Which means the only thing we have left we is have to say goodbye. Good night, everybody. Ariel, Ufa, Ryan.
they were left in live in Montana. I was thinking of the immortal words of Socrates, who said, I drank what? Man, we have a weird job. It's shameful, but uh, it's a living. Dorn, that's the end. <laughs>